Hey everyone, Hi. welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 710. This is being recorded on February 8, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spoonberg, and I can send my own name. Yeah, unlike last week. But you know what? We still need your help uh, for special cases like Brett and the Clearly. rest of our staff here. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash PC per please give generously and keep us uh, on the air. Keep the lights on. Yeah, we couldn't do it without you. Normally, I'll tell you what. To, I'll tell you what. what. If we what? get 50 more dollars a month in new stuff. I'll clean my office. What? <laughs> what? You'll hire you'll hire somebody to clean your office? Oh no! That's, no, that's, no! That's I'm, insane. I'm gonna, I'm gonna whip. Uh, well, I am going to ask nicely the wife to help me with. <laughs> okay. Okay. Her table and a few things that have migrated into my office. So yeah, next week if we get fifty more bucks, maybe I'll. Well, I will. There won't be a maybe. I I will clean my office. Wow, that's you got to keep the Ripper XXL though, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a staple. It's it's Frame been free it. advertising for them. I never reviewed the product, but I <laughs> I left it up there. It's product placement. They should be grateful. It is. You never reviewed it. That is nope. that is true. It, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, keep keeping in the same vein. I actually tried to turn on the super chats uh, just a little while ago. I don't see any of that appearing, but uh, it might be an option. I mean, if we, yeah, the the rare occasions where anybody would ever want to do that. Every uh, once in a while, people had asked for it. There were a few times right. I said, "Oh, I, I would throw some dollars at you if you had the super chats turned on." So I finally tried to do that, and you know, I, I might be on, might be not. We'll I see what know. happens. I mean. Right now, we're only at 66 concurrent viewers. We have not been streaming for very long, so who knows? Well, look, look. I ask if you shall receive. People are throwing money at you now. Good Lord. Now thank I you, feel Andre. obligated to to perform. Yes, Andre, thank you very One much. One-tenth of the way to a clean room. Yes, 45 more dollars. Does that count, Josh? Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Will you count yeah. the Super Chats? Okay. All right, well... Yeah. <laughs> Josh, this could get real, I don't know. really fast. Are you prepared for this? I am prepared to actually clean over this weekend if if we get the extra fifty bucks a month. Okay. Yeah, auction it off. I like it. The, but he, he will bring it all back if you cut off your subscription after it's clean. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No burger of the week this week, by the way. Josh, oh. yeah. Josh said no. Oh, and there goes all the money. Yeah. Oh, I think we just. I think oh, we just lost subscribers. <laughs> What's your excuse again, Josh? Just didn't. This didn't happen. <sighs> yeah, it was a busy day. Okay. Gavin. And there was no special. Yeah. I checked. There's no new special. Next week is going to be an interesting special because I had. Uh, <laughs> I'd mentioned to Clayton, the owner. How much? Twenty-two. <laughs> Sweet. Halfway there, almost. The message, attention, uh, banana, yeah, that is all. <laughs> I don't know. Clayton, the owner of, of Born in a Barn, uh, he's like, well, you know, I'm running out of ideas. And I was like, well, why don't you do a 50-50 burger? And 50-50 burger is 50% kind of sirloin top round type stuff ground and 50% pork belly. And you oh. grind that like three times together to get a good mince. And then you form those into patties. And they're fantastic. 
50-50 burgers. Yeah, oh, so that, that, that's going to be showing up next week, and I'm excited. That that would be $52, Josh. Yeah, somebody just uh, gave us 30 in that would the be chat. Clean, clean your dang room. Your dang room. Thanks, Lance, Lance, Lance has done it. From Lance All right, well, <laughs> I, will, uh, I will be cleaning my uh, my room this weekend. Now, in all fairness, Josh, you did state it was be it was fifty dollars a month. This is kind of a one time. This is kind of you know for this episode, it's fifty dollars. Yeah. We much yeah. appreciate it, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think you've really got to consider what it is you're going to be doing back there. Gosh, maybe I should have raised that a little higher. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, I thought everybody uh... was going to be a little bit more uh, cheap than. Oh, but anyway, you know, was... it's money well spent. It's time for mandatory Intel art coverage. Our top story yes. this week, of course, is a new driver for Intel Arc. Day one support for Hogwarts Legacy, the game that everyone's talking about, the game that uh, performs incredibly well and is so well optimized for the PC platform. Josh, have you been playing yeah. this game? I have not. I, I did not get any pre-codes or, or whatever. And who has time to really play games i do some <laughs> dailies on a couple of things but i don't it's it's really hard anymore for me to sit down for a couple hours and really just dedicate time for these games and to get really immersed and to to really get into it it's just too much other crap going on around me that i have to respond to and so it it breaks the magic i but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll test the graphics and CPU usage on Hogwarts Legacy because uh, it apparently does some really interesting things on uh, the PC and uh, enables ray tracing. And it's got FEXSEE or whatever the hell is Intel's one? Excess? Excess. Yeah. XESS. Yeah. Sampling. So um, yeah, I've got. AMD card and NVIDIA card and an Intel card, so I can I can give it a shot and see what oh. uh, see what's going on. But will can be you use all three simultaneously? We cannot because that would be Lucid Logic, and they right. no longer really exist. No, nope. Lucid Their Logic is a established semiconductor. <laughs> yeah. No, now it's without existence, not just the fab. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those who have joined us in uh, the past five years, you will not have known the joy of the early 2010s when Lucid Logic showed up with some really interesting technology that they promised would change the world. Sadly, Our agnostic SLI. The, exactly. And uh, it was interesting. And in highly optimized cases, it worked well. But it had to be highly optimized cases. We did things <laughs> outside, and it was not so good. So, yeah, no. Look it up. Speaking of it's fun. highly optimized, let's look at those uh, minimum system requirements and recommended requirements for this Hogwarts game again. And and where Intel shows up on this list, I must let's, point well, out. There, there's the A770 in the recommended slash high specs. You can get an A770. You need i7-8700 or Ryzen 5-3600 or better, 16 gigs of system memory, 85 gigs of available SSD storage space. That's wee. So, yeah, it's it's not 
crazy, but just think, it's a 1080 Ti or a 5700 XT just for recommended for the basic high. And this is 1080p 60. Yeah, so. that's a maxing 1080p 60 high-ish settings. I, I can't take or stress your your sort of off-the-cuff comment about just how <clears throat> well-optimized this game appears to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a console-first title, and it takes a lot uh, of, of horsepower yeah, to get it running smoothly. Although, of course, on the PC, you can you know you have more granular control of the graphics, I'm sure, and there is full ray tracing it, available or some kind. It of doesn't look nearly as good on on the console as it oh, does okay. on PC. So, it still looks pretty good. I mean, the the Sony guys and the uh, Microsoft guys have, have worked hard to to get. And plus, you know, it helps that they're both based on the same kind of technology. Uh, so. Um, they've done a nice job there, but it's still, you know, when, when you're talking the ultra high specs and ray tracing and that, it, it does look better on the PC. Hey, there's a discord amongst NVIDIA users, or at least there was until today. There's already a follow up to this, but VRAM frequencies dropped when you were running discord with an NVIDIA graphics card. Yeah. For about a week. Well, it's been known for about a week, but I mean, it just makes it, it's ridiculous. Like, first of all, find some of the guy who found this is, is pretty amazing. It's like, he's noticing like a 500 megahertz drop, which is not huge, but if you're benchmarking, I'm sure would pop up and it's like trying to figure out, okay, well, if I turn this off, wait a second, if I turn discord off, all of a sudden I get significantly more frequency out of my card. Like why just, just Why? You can work around. You could work around it before, but now it's been fixed. I just—it's one of those bizarre interactions of how did it? Why does Discord have its fingers that deep into the GPU, or vice versa? Okay, here, here's the reason: APIs are magic. I will buy that, Doug Henning. Magic. It's a giant black box where inputs yeah. go in and outputs go out. Sometimes. Yeah, the ones that don't come out, we just don't know where they went. But of course, you know, like a hundred different software developers all came on at once and said, you don't actually know what an API is. (laughs) A multitasking, multi-user operating system has uh, semaphores and ways of doing process sharing. And if one process hogs too many of the wrong resources at just the wrong moment, it tends to block out other ones that also need a piece of that action. So maybe right, Discord or them, the driver. Ah, that's very funny of you. Ha ha. Uh, it, no, it just pulls. Hey, whoever, who, who wants this? Anyone want this? Okay. It, computer geeky jokes. I'm done. You're out <laughs> on a branch. Oh, so, oh. The new driver is uh, 528.49. It's a Wickle driver. And it, uh, among the three fixes listed is Discord update causes GPU memory clocks to drop to P2 state. So that has been fixed. So yes, you know it's a slow news week where we have two stories already about graphics driver updates, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Is the Thermalright (laughs) AM5 frame a new thing? Or was this just because I was talking about contact frame? Boy, that is new. I've never seen Uh, that before. I didn't realize that. um, You know, I just Linked hmm. over to Thermal Thermal uh, Right site for this. Yeah, huh. interesting. Yeah, my my you adventure red or black. was with uh, 
Intel, this one specifically, but not AMD. AMD How much does this really, cost? The, I paid thirteen dollars. That's not horrible, especially if you get the mu- anyway. We'll talk about that later. Yes. Are we talking, are we about, talking about that now? We we'll should talk, talk about, about that now, now if we're not going to talk about it later. Are we talking about it now? Because we're now an Intel shim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, contact frames are nothing new. This is a thermal right offering that I found on Amazon for like, I think, $13 shipped. And it is the BCF. So it's the LGA 1700 BCF. I got the gray color. And... What you get in the box is this little aluminum contact frame, a small tool to replace your LGA retention uh, bracket with, and then uh, this TF7 thermal paste, which seems perfectly fine. So here's the box that came in, and then inside the box, uh, here's the top and bottom of the thing. And look, these two soft pads, you don't have to worry about it scratching up your uh, Mm -hmm. motherboard. They thought of everything. And it just goes on in place of the retention bracket with the same bolts. That is attractive. Very, uh, and it's attractively easy. decorative. Attractively it is. It decorative. It looks nice, even so though you won't see it you on got your a cooler. CPU in a shim. Yep. Sing it with mm-hmm. me. It's okay. So I'm on a CPU. On, in a shim. Like like with Thoth in uh, IRC, this is so reminiscent of uh, Socket A. Yeah. Uh, with the original Thunderbirds and that, that you could buy the copper shim that was perfectly sized so that it was, you know, flush with, with the, uh, the CPU die. Because obviously, if you installed the, um, the fan wrong, you could crack the Athlon chip. And that was a well-known issue that suddenly you just crumbled the edge of your Duron and suddenly it didn't work anymore. So yeah, they 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 sold these shims so that wouldn't be a problem and and what is old is new again. So it's kind of fun to see. And anybody wondering, you don't really need to do this on the M5 because it's such a massively thick uh IHS that you will not have the same kind of flexing issues that you do on Intel. But as you can see from this picture, you're pressing down neatly on every side, not just the two pressure points you normally get with the stock retention bracket. And when these things are under $20, it is, it's not a minor upgrade because the, the one thing I will show, here's the little tool it comes with in the thermal paste. So you have the original thermals here. Uh, I have no power limits enforced at all. Uh, standard mount, I'm using this MSI K360 uh, liquid cooler have the fans and pumps set to 100%. And you can see that temperatures were getting right up against 100 degrees. This is just during one Blender Classroom CPU cycles workload. And when I checked the hardware info 64 logs, which is what I used to capture this, it showed that I was throttling on at least one core. So I was buying into this uh, narrative that the KS is just ridiculously hot and it's it's throttling, etc., so then I bought this contact frame myself, re-ran, using the same cooler, re-ran the blender <coughs> test, and here are the thermals. It is 20 Boy, that's significant. degrees cooler. Same scale. I started at 20. It ends at 100. And instead of 98 plus, now we're below 80 on all cores. So Seems like a sound investment. Yeah. Not only that, I feel like... Oh, hey, Josh. 
not only that, I feel like over time, I don't have to worry about this KS, you know, getting warped. It's going to be sitting in the GPU testbed for months going forward. Mm. And now it's going to be perfectly flat. And I'm going to get great thermals out of it, which is important because I don't want throttling when I'm benchmarking graphics cards. So, of course, all this will be moot when the uh, X3D parts come out, I'm sure, because I'm seeing extrapolations of extrapolations that have that part 61% faster than the KS. So uh, we'll see how I that believe goes. that's $54 now. <laughs> oh, not the, not the contact frame. You mean the, the super chat stuff? Yes. It's out of hand. We never should have enabled it. That's crazy. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, it just seemed people asked. I'm like, Oh, I'll turn it on. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Bront. <laughs> Look, he doesn't even know his own name, so it's it's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Intel, let's have a moment of silence hmm. for Rocket Lake. Why? Because it was it went EOL today. Oh, yes, Rocket Lake s the. Sort of odd follow-up to the 10th generation core processors, you know, where they dropped the core count and marginally improved performance overall. Those are, yes. uh, they've taken their first steps towards end of life. There's a product change notification PDF you can stare at if you want to. Not surprising this happens to everything. That's why we don't have, you know, Pentium MMX processors being sold as new anymore. Ah, that's why. Okay. Unless you're a crazy collector. By the way, I mm. own... Uh, we're, we're 13th gen, right? Now Sealed. Mm-hmm. Yes, 13th. 13th gen. And then yes. 12 yes. is still pretty new. And 11th, there, that's that seems awful sudden, especially at the rate that Intel releases <laughs> these products at. Well, 10 and 11 shared a socket. Yes. Sure. Yep. So that socket is dead. 1200 is dead. Mm. You need to be on 1700 now until you don't. Yep. <laughs> because they'll be replacing that soon. Soon. <clears throat> With 1,701. Isn't it 1,800? Oh, 16.99. All right. I don't know if anybody here is a fan of vintage computer hardware. And, Gosh. You know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it from time to time. Josh's well, retirement leveraged on this. Josh and his ridiculous, very desirable graphics card collection. He, I don't think he has any idea... What kind of a gold mine he's sitting on? Things like the ultra rare X1900 XTX Crossfire Edition with the completely unobtainium connector cable, cable for the external yeah. S uh, Crossfire connection. Mm-hmm. But he also has a Voodoo 5. And Josh, there have been a lot of talk about this one eBay listing in the last few days. It's got two Voodoo 5s. One is a production, another is a pre production with actual. You know how they they used to do the the soldered um, small wires in between mm-hmm. different parts that didn't come out correctly oh, like the in the Bosch PCB wires. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got one of those. Well, here's a prototype, Josh, on eBay that's currently going for fourteen thousand six hundred dollars. It has four days left, so. This is getting a lot of attention, too. There's been videos about this, multiple mm-hmm. news stories. Mm. It's getting a lot of traction. I wonder There's what a, finish note, at. a note in the chat that the original 
Dead Space Edition is getting 2K on eBay. Apparently, there's some sort of original Dead Space you, Edition. So maybe hold on with me here. Okay. All right. So there were a couple of hundred of those cards actually produced, if I remember correctly. Hundreds. And yeah, when NVIDIA bought them, they got a lot of stuff. So is NVIDIA really just sitting on all these cards and parsing them out now and then and, you know, supporting their bottom line? Probably not. But no, there, no. there's only a couple of hundred of these out in, in the universe. And a lot of the people who have them are people who worked with them directly in design and troubleshooting and doing driver work and try to just get them into a place where they could actually ship them as a product. And as you well know, they were never able to. So yeah, it's uh, it's a neat, neat, neat piece of technology. I think, you know, Kyle from hard OCP of course has one. He had lots of friends at 3DFX. And so he got a 6,000. I don't know if he has the power supply for it or just the board or whatever, but. Wait, there was a special PSU for it. Yeah. What? Yep. What? Now, yeah. this one that's yeah, on eBay, that. it's a little bit special because it's been modified. <laughs> and there's an adapter with it so that you can mm. power it. Hmm. So there's a story behind yeah. it. You have to read the listing. But anyway, it's. Yeah. No, initially, you had to have an external power unit that 3DFX would sell. You know, with the 6,000 that you would plug into the back of the card and that would provide power for the entire card because mm -hmm. an AGP and a Molex would not provide nope. enough juice for the entire board. And to get Nobody around a lot of issues, they just provided you with a power brick that you plugged into the back of the video card. So no one had struck upon huh? the multiple Molex into some sort of high density 12 pin. Yeah, you know. I think that would have been difficult to pull off. Okay. All right. So, mm. so what is that? PCA 12 V whatever. Yeah, this is the pre that. And, but unfortunately, well, or no, no, rather fortunately, even if you plugged it in wrong, it wouldn't go up in flames. You're saying that Nvidia bought this company. So they, they sure did. They bought a company yeah. that had figured out high power GPU connections with a fail safe connector on it. Huh? Yes. Okay. And proper SLI. It's like an S-video connection. It's weird anyway. Oh. Uh, breaking news, Josh. We're, we're now at $71, I believe, of which... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to almost get to Infinite the point where Druid. I'm going to doubly clean my room. <laughs> You're going to have to, because Infinite Druid is good for 22 of this. Yes, oh, he's nice. really... He. Someone actually w wondered, what does it take to get him cleaning right now? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Josh, will Do you it. put on I mean, a okay, if, if, costume uh, for this? <laughs> oh, no, don't if, go, if we don't can get to $250 of which, you know, Bront would actually send me, then uh, sure, I'd, I'd start cleaning right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> Where's the, last, the next story? There was some story about... Uh, Edge, yeah, number five. Okay. Yep. So it's it. hard to stay focused this week. Yeah. This almost seems like a security quarter story. I don't know what's going on. I was conflicted about this one, but you're absolutely right. Don't you yeah. love every time you first log into a fresh new computer, Microsoft Edge informs you about all of the diff different problems there have been with apps and how it has to reset it to use Edge. 
Okay. The, the problem, of course, being that it's not assigned to Edge yet because you need to experience the brand new version of Chrome, or I mean Microsoft's <laughs> best new browser on the, the planet. Uh, so they, they've decided to go a step worse. And now not only will they just first take over and occasionally randomly take over your PDFs and pretty much try to bully in on any PDF link you click on the web, they've teamed up with Adobe. It's now going to be the Acrobat PDF rendering engine directly linked into Chrome so that you can now experience two types of vulnerabilities at once. <laughs> I mean, why just settle for one? You you mean yes, Chromium, yes. The, un, the rendering engine underneath Edge? Yeah, Credge. Okay, not yeah, Chrome Yeah, introduces its own thing. Okay. I'm talking about Microsoft's skin and, well, everyone's favorite PDF viewer. Of course, well, it's, it's a, not still not going to let you edit it. But if you do buy the full version of Acrobat, it will give you an add-in into Edge, completely oh, unlike it does now, nice. to be able to do what it does already if you use it. Uh, the good news is that enterprises will be able to opt out of it, which means that you can probably opt out of this as long as you figure, as long as someone tells us what the group policy is or the flag you've got to hit to say, yeah, um, can I just not do that? I'll stick with, you know, Nuance or PDF 995 or Foxit or any of the other ones that aren't horrific. You know, I just feel like I need to point out that the Adobe Reader has far fewer security issues than it used to. I think that's well, it to had to. Oh, thank goodness. It couldn't have more. Right. It has gotten better, though. I, I suppose you're right. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of things getting better, Tiny11 promises to be Windows 11 without the steep hardware requirements. This is a story at Tech Radar by Darren Allen. So, no but I like this. The But on balance, we don't recommend installing this new spin on the OS. Why? What's well, there's only 11? one. There's only one reason I think that they can really kind of lean into it. It removes a lot of the security layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. Oh, okay. So if you are yeah. if you practice good, you know, computer hygiene, and don't necessarily now does this strip out any of the um, telemetry or is it just? I think a lot of things fall by the wayside, but what I didn't see, I did a quick search for this a, a couple times today. Was hey, did anybody game on this? I, I really didn't see anybody who had made sure that you know AAA games or older games or whatever anybody wanted to play were still fine. So that would sort of be an interesting thing to try and see. But the requirements for this went all the way down to just a couple gigabytes of RAM and like 200 megabytes or something on the hard drive. It's That's sort of amazing how much bloat is um, removable and still have a working OS. See, well, Microsoft, Brett, you've, can you've be done. just made a wonderful suggestion for an article here at PC Perspective because somebody needs to do some benchmarking on this and see. Because if the overhead is much lower, yeah, you it think. stands to reason that your frame rate would go up, especially in you know CPU bound situations. And here, I was just thinking about whether it working at all, but you actually you know took that a step further and said, "Is it even better?" I'm sure that is it I'm perhaps sure it better. Is. I'd like to find out. So maybe. Wouldn't it be interesting to say, hey, Teeny 11 for your gaming PC, just don't use it for anything else. Yeah, just don't go online for those games no. that require an internet connection to even eh, work. That's probably a bug in your driver, and blame NVIDIA for that one, I guess, probably. We're going to pause right here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. 
Hey, are you hundreds or even thousands of email messages behind in your inbox? I hate to admit that I've had that moment, and it can be an incredible time suck. It can really take away some of your best working hours if you cannot manage your inbox properly. There's a recent study that found about half the time managers spend tending to their inboxes is spent on emails they probably should never have been sent to them in the first place, and didn't even need an answer. Eh, that's on target based on my experience as well. But what if you could just press a button and never see those time-wasting emails again? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. With just a few clicks, SaneBox automatically gets your email under control and filters out all the messages you don't need to focus on. And you don't even have to switch email apps because it works in concert with whatever email client you already use. You have some nice features like Sane Black Hole, where you can vanquish senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders for sending email reminders to your future self. To see how SaneBox can almost magically remove those distractions from your inbox, try it with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash PCPer to start your free trial and get a $25 credit with our link. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash PCPer. We're back and we're right into a, a security corner already. And this is a story about, uh, what is this, Shimmer? But it's S-H-1-M-M-E-R. Which it isn't because the I is instrument. It's not actually a one. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about it anyway. Uh, Brett chose this one, but uh, yeah, it's a fun little <laughs> thing for Chromebooks where uh, it's completely and utterly unenrolls enterprise managed Chromebooks from whatever organization that you're on, uh, which just makes it wonderful because everything you've done to try and secure this thing no longer applies and it's not like you're going to really know about it. Uh, it's, it's specific to a specific, uh, type of Chromebook. As far as I understand, Brett might, might know more about this, but I think it's specifically just a few of them that are affected. Not all of them. I think it has to do with the ones that are enrolled in, in an enterprise management system. So this well, yeah. is typically going to affect, uh, the hundreds or thousands of Chromebooks that are at hospitals or educational institutions or, or government facilities. Or Microsoft. Uh, yeah. Adobe um, made everyone dump their Windows machines. Um, I don't remember Google whether there's a fix did. for this one yet. Um, don't remember nope. that. Okay. Interesting. Nope, not I'm yet. sure we'll hear more about no it. No patch. As we all know, Chromebooks are absolutely pervasive in education. That was one of the reasons I brought it into the security corner because we've never actually sort of talked through, hey, here's one that goes after Chromebooks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as I understand, you've literally got to get a hold of a, of a Chromebook. And once you've got the, the specific little thing, you can then, any other Chromebook that has that specific thing, you can actually exploit in the wild, but you actually have to get a hold of it to do it. I don't really understand Chromebooks all that well. It's, they're a closed book to me. Basically, <laughs> Linux. Yeah. Yeah. Just really super cut down and optimized for very similar Not hardware. Not having any local storage? That too. And so you're saying it leverages the power of the cloud? Yes. It's definitely Shimmer is leveraging the power of the cloud. Hey, uh, Microsoft. He's starting to shimmer. He's mm -hmm. starting to shake. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft, you know, we talked about they were going to be scanning computers for those old unsupported versions of Office. Well, they swear that they're not going after your data when they do this. It's, it's, they're doing this for your own good, for your own security. Yes. The operating system it hurts that you're running, more than you're it running hurts Windows, you. it's already, 
it's already harvesting all of your data and a key logger. So, you know, what difference does this make? <laughs> I think well, your office won't it. work after this. After so. <laughs> well, yeah, trust Microsoft. They say that they're not doing anything nefarious with that. So, of course, I, I put this one in security. Just because it just, I mean, trust us, trust us. Right. <laughs> you go you are having to trust Microsoft that these updates that are not actually being installed, they're just being run and then deleting themselves after they run. And all they're doing is right. looking for old 100%. versions of Office. At what point does Microsoft need to look at the software that I have personally installed on my own system? Even if it's yeah, made by Microsoft. they can. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they want to, apparently. Our final story in Security Corner, Go Anywhere MFT Zero-Day Vulnerability Let's Hackers Breach mm. Servers. I said MFT, mm. not NFT. What's an MFT? Mother. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grabbed this one from one of the ones that Jeremy put in there, but this is a remote code uh, execution, zero-day injection exploit. Uh, and Go Anywhere is kind of the name of the company, Go Anywhere MFT. It's kind of like a, a file sharing service that is in use by government agencies, not, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Uh, lots of different big institutions, again, like medical services companies, uh, anybody who needs to do a lot of file sharing, uh, especially to either customers, clients or remote locations or stuff like that. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. I, I don't even remember what they mean by MFT. But it's like an automated SFTP uh, yeah, transfer. Yeah. So as opposed to you using friggin' FileZilla and writing some ridiculous thing in Task Scheduler to upload certain files at every time because it's not built for that, you freaking idiot. There's products that will do that. MFTs are and go anywhere is like the, the big name is designed so that you you dump stuff into a folder and you know that the SFTP is going to grab it, post it up to somewhere else, and away it goes. A zero-day remote uh, code injection in that makes things rather interesting because you don't even spot the traffic because it is supposed to be sending stuff on a regular or irregular schedule. Banks and and financial services yeah. companies trust this thing to be completely and totally secure. And what it is, I think one of the requirements is, is you need it's to have access to one of the administration functions of this. So it may be ideal for, dare I say it, kind of like an inside job sort of it, wedge um I, I, it's hard to talk about these sorts of things just because of the huge amount of vulnerability that it exposes but and there's no patch for this one yet and it and yeah. it's used everywhere heavily most heavily in the u.s but unfortunately but yeah yeah so now you, if you're using it check your logs and if there's a non-existent or disabled user that's suddenly been using it uh yeah you, you're gonna want to look into that Oh, scan! They did some scans of this and found um, the footprint to be about 151 exposed, definitely exposed servers, and oh, a thousand. No, Showdown was like a thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, there was another thousand. I guess. Did you just anyway. say Showdown? Showdown. Yes. As That's, in, guess why they named one of the uh, AIs that look over us for security? Yeah. That. Of course they do. L -l 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 look at you hackers Actually, running, sweating. into the next story in Gaming Quick Hits. Yes, it's time because for Gaming Quick is, Hits. Yeah. 
that is one of the demos you can play is the, the redo of System Shock. Well, System Shock 2, they just call it System Shock because they're reasons, yes. but whatever. Exactly. Because the other one was around Jupiter, right? Or Saturn? No, the first one was on the ground. No, it was, it was on a space shock. station. That was System Shock 2. No, no. I'm pretty sure station. No, that was, was two, two, two. You, you took another ship out to okay, yes, two, that's right. you took the festival. You, you took the Heinland or whatever the Rick, yes. uh, yeah. Rick, Rickoven. To, I can't remember the Rickoven. The Rickoven. To, I believe. Yeah, to uh, okay. to, to another place. But no, the first one was on a station around like yeah. Jupiter or Saturn. Yeah, the two yeah. ships were docked together in the second one. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this one you're, is the that one where you're around Jupiter and the the laser is going to fire at Earth to mangle everyone up because, you know, you kind of lobotomized an AI. Oops. Sorry about that. Mm. Gaze upon my mag- mag- magnificence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xenonauts 2 uh, is another fun one. It's It goes back to the original XCOM, not the fancy shiny new ones. Although that also means that uh, terrain destruction is certainly a thing. Uh, there's another one that's like a Noir detective one that has been getting a lot of people really excited. Oh, Shadows of Doubt? Yeah. A couple of people I've seen that have played that have said, yeah, this is Deus Ex, but using vowels and uh, uh, on, no, not on me, uh, nonchalance, I think it was. Oh, okay. I, there are hundreds of them, if you go to Steam, like it, it, they just keep going and going. RPS picked a sixteen oh, okay. of them, I think that they like. Yeah, yeah, there's a list of sixteen. But uh, you know, there are so many of them. They've even got now a schedule of when the devs are going to be streaming their playing of it. So if you're not quite sure if you even want to download it and check it out, well, you can watch someone else do it. So what's the what's the cost to get in on this? It's free for the week. Oh, nice. The way the demo should be. Yes. <clears throat> All right. What is I the dug out story? Three, oh, three CD cases of boot disk and maximum PC out of my desk this week. I didn't realize I had so many. I knew I had one that went into the early, well, mid 90s. Okay. Yeah. So are we talking like Doom, System Shock? No, all kinds Max. of stuff, and it's just it's just that early benchmarks on there as well, which I was excited oh, yeah. about. Yeah, so I'll have to grab them out and and see what I can read after all of this time, because it's now twenty five years from the oldest dick I, dis, dick disc I have. Yeah, and they used to use the and I, I still am running an optical drive so I can read them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Pressed, yeah. Pressed, hey. pressed factory CDs should last more than 25 years, but you may Josh, be in the Well, zone. remember yeah. the acidic ink that they used to use that sort of Absolutely. ate through the layer? Yes, yes. This is a great application for PCM because a lot of those discs, they'll have uh, a menu system, the structure of which requires an older version of Windows. So if you load up PCM, make yourself like a Pentium 166 MMAX or like a Pentium 2, 233 or something system. Mm. Load Windows 98 on it. Super easy. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to drag one of these out here after the podcast. Okay. (laughs) I'm afraid if I drag one out right now, I'd suddenly just go. 
shiny yep. object. Hey, speaking of uh, vintage Our stuff, just and shiny objects, your is moving. I'm looking yeah. at a yeah. screenshot here from this is Tech Tangents, formerly Akbukuku, <laughs> by the way, which I'm sorry no. he changed his name. The story <laughs> is Doom 1.1 had multi monitor support. Jeremy, I yes. can see why you loved this. You loved this story. Go ahead. No, I mean, well, first off, you got to get Doom 1.1. As of 1.2, they cut it out. Okay. But you essentially run three different computers and you hook them up on a, oh, okay. a LAN. Or, yeah. I mean, if you've got maybe crossover cables, if you've got the extra network cards. And you launch Doom with a, a network flag which you used to be able to do so that you could sort of watch other people playing but not play and it will actually slave a drone at 90 degrees to your view one to the left and one to the right and so you're playing multiplayer doom by yourself except it's multi-monitor support on the original doom which i just think is amusing until today when I read that one of the commenters, uh, Benja, or no, sorry, uh, Kyle, is like, oh, yeah, I remember playing on the Comp Scilab. And I'm thinking, yeah, you had a better Comp Scilab than I did in Odessa, Ontario. Because <laughs> we didn't get to do that. We did have some fun. But, yeah, apparently this is a thing, and it's it's open source now. Like, they've, they've dumped all the, the binaries out there. So you can, if you feel like it, do this yourself. What was that networking protocol they named in the article? I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, it was. I, I had remembered it was very old Windows 98 networking. Oh, IPX. Yes, IPX. Yes, oh the old God. IPX driver code. Yes. Because that's what Doom relied on. And it's not used anymore for reasons. IPX, SPX. Mm-hmm. Better than NetBIOS, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was it? And better than Token Ring. <laughs> well, I mean, Token well, Ring well, was okay. Token Ring day. was the physical. Hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, quickly, going to look at not a brand new product, but a new capacity for a product. Samsung's portable SSD T7 Shield. This is a rugged external SSD. <clears throat> Anyway, what's what's new about this is the four terabyte capacity. This has been offered up to two terabytes before, and it's very fast. How fast, you ask? How fast is it? Well, it's over a thousand megabytes per second. It's rated for one thousand and fifty on sequential reads and one thousand on sequential writes. But you know what? It actually is slightly faster than that, depending on how you test it. Here's Crystal Dismark, which is a best case scenario because I had it on the peak performance preset. It was hitting. Uh, 1065 reads and 1041 on writes. So very good sequential performance. In fact, it's so good, I found a weakness of the SSD that was in the system I was using to test it because halfway through this really large, it was a Windows 10 virtual machine I was transferring the uh, virtual disk. And halfway through it dropped down to about 500 megabytes per second. And I'm like, oh, okay, so the shield must have an SLC cache. I was running into the limitation of my host SSD, not the what other. What were you reading from? What, what were you reading from? Curious. Uh, Sabrent, Rocket, something or other. Oh, really? <laughs> but apparently, this I think it's only a 500 gigabyte. But apparently, it has a rather small cache, which I exceeded mm-hmm. during this 50 gigabyte uh, test. Crazy, interesting. So 
anyway, this is a secure drive. It has hardware encryption on it. It's very easy to set up. You give it a name, you put in a password, you turn on security mode with the software, and then it's transparent to you, but you have to have this software to input the password to use it on any other system. The software is contained on a read-only partition. There's a 73 megabyte fat partition. Here I have it on a different laptop, and I see just these unallocated partitions None of the data that I copied onto it at all was accessible, just this read-only partition that has the software on it. So if you take this to another system, you can still install the software off the read-only partition, put in your password, then you have access to the rest of the drive. Now, this is kind of like security. an iron key. This, this yeah. would be the shield aspect of it. This is the shield yes. part. Yeah. Are they the going partition. through security for obscurity um, by using fat for that one little part? <laughs> I don't know. Fat is universally acceptable. You should know that. But this is uh, not cheap. This is pro-level storage with hardware encryption. So this is $429 list. I'm guessing it'll end up selling for less because the two terabyte was down to 179 already. Just that was direct from Samsung. So I'm not sure if by now the four terabyte is less. Oh yeah, the four terabytes down to 349 since I wrote this. So it's a lot more affordable. But yeah, it's a pro-level thing. Yeah. Stuff in this category, if you're looking for hardware encryption plus four terabytes plus at least a thousand megabytes per second, you're into the $400 range pretty quickly. Amazing speed. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh. Oh. Say you've it's got a hot a dog, dog, isn't it? Say you've got a dog that has some bad breath and you don't take care of its oral needs. Mm. So instead, you need to buy <clears throat> this enzymatic toothpaste for your dog that comes oh, with God. not only a dog toothbrush, which is really interesting the design that it encompasses the teeth and then also a finger thing which i haven't used yet because it's it's just kind of weird but apparently it's it's fine so my dog's got bad breath and i use this stuff and for only ten dollars and 69 cents you get all this and suddenly, after a couple of treatments, your dog doesn't have bad breath. Oh, this you must be having so much fun right now, Josh. It's life-changing. I bet. With I a dog bet it is. that is. It's a mini Aussie. He likes to sit on your lap. And, and he's got halitosis. Awful. Yeah. So it's $11 well spent, especially on Prime. Free shipping two days. And Soon. it's improved you your too. life. It's it's improved your life in intangible ways, oh. dramatically. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. Mm -hmm. How I much fun is it brushing the dog? Okay, first. Okay, the first couple of times is bad, but then they start to kind of expect it, and they're oh, okay. easier about it. Plus, it makes their mouth feel better. I'm not sure what we're talking about <sighs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> They start to get Whatever. used to it. They start to expect the dog's it to happen. Eventually, it doesn't hurt their jaw it, as much You anymore. put it back in their mouth, and you just kind of rub yeah. it around. 
Okay. Anyway. Yeah, let's move on. Before Jeremy Beta comes your... and uh, you know calls the police on me. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, does your pick uh, is it life changing? Like Josh, uh, it any, could be. Is there any oral if you're young enough? No, please not. No, if you are if you are young enough, it could be life changing and not in the same way as okay having yeah. your teeth brushed, which also uh-huh, is very uh-huh. young child the first time is traumatic. I hear, but yeah. no, this is computer engineering for babies. It is a funky little book. Uh, I guess it was kickstarted a while back. I just found out about it this week, and I was desperate for a pick, and I actually kind of think it's a neat thing. It's got a couple of logic circuits in it and a photo sensor. So as you open the page, all of a sudden the sensor will then change to a, an XOR circuit. So now, I mean, you can push either, but not both. I don't know that uh, the baby's really enjoying it in that particular instance, but uh, it's got just about eight of the basic uh, logic circuits that you'd ever deal with and just sort of is something you can play with. So, you know, brainwash your kids early. So do they have PMOS and NMOS? Sadly, no. That's going to be a more advanced version. Uh, You're going to be at least two or three. Mm. AMD needs to get on this, you know, indoctrinate these early generations. There's uh, software versions of these. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of AMD, Brett, your pick this week. You know what? We can't hit this hard enough. And uh, graphics cards, they're just very, very expensive. Why not buy last generation's top card? Do you want 3090-ish performance with rasterization without paying 3090-ish prices? Why not consider the 6950 XT from either your local micro center or, if you're not local to a micro center, Newegg for only $699. What a deal. For thirty ninety ish style performance, so it's six ninety nine, right? It is. We are yep. now seeing sales on forty seventy Ti twelve gigs for seven ninety nine. Better RTX performance, RT performance overall. What 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 is your line really? Demarcation. Uh- of I'm thinking it's uh, what to buy. It's a hundred dollars. I think it's a hundred dollars, Josh. <laughs> I think if it's if it's between a 3080 12 gigabyte version or not, 3080 versus 6950 XT with 16, you have gig. to be you have to be on board with RTX all the way, or it just makes way more sense to me yeah. to buy the $700 6950 XT. I think so too. Anything else because it's a faster card. In rasterization than a than a thirty eighty. Now, if you were if you could buy thirty ninety for seven hundred, yeah, no. but you can't you can't buy thirty ninety for seven hundred no, bucks. And you should you should be able to, and you should by now. But instead, this is what we have as an option at the seven hundred dollar price point is a very capable card from AMD. So what's only- your, what is your bet? What is your bet? In seeing a 4070 Ti under 799, when's the first time you're going to see that? There's no shame in the graphics uh, makers industry, so yeah. you might never see it. <laughs> yeah. If they're just sitting <laughs> they there no or shame. not. But we've seen some very positive sales numbers for those cards, so people just, they, 
at that price point. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't selling at all, if it was at the bottom of those lists that we'd seen, then I would say, oh, yeah. I bet right six six weeks we'll see a 789. <sighs> six okay. weeks? A 789? It needs to be six ninety nine. No, I yes. yeah, seven eighty nine. No, no, seven eighty nine okay. for in okay. six weeks. I bet we'll see it after you know after specials applied. They're not moving. <laughs> I mean, they're they're moving some, but it's stocking up, and and they've stopped producing the three thousand series, and yes. they're you know they're going away. Hopefully they want to move through some inventory. So it'll be nice to send some incentives out there. We'll start seeing the rebates and eventually the lower retail prices at places oh, like Newegg. There's no doubt that this pricing on this on the 6950 XT is also designed just just flush us in inventory out to move people. On. Likely, yeah, because we saw it on AMD.com. AMD Direct was selling them for 699 so I'm sure they had to incent the resellers to get mm-hmm. it down to that price. Mm-hmm. It's still a good how, card how my, for that price. I'm, I'm not trying Micros- to, yes. you know, undercut that. Oh, understood. And, and Micro Center was, uh, I don't know, they seem to have some sort of special relationship going on with different AMD suppliers right now. They seem to be getting some very good pricing. I'm very surprised to see same pricing for Micro Center and Newegg. That's a first for me. Usually Micro Center is probably usually a little bit lower. No, I would so love it. seems to be sort of a dictated price, really, in if my opinion. going forward... Microsoft didn't have the better price. That was just mm. tied with Newegg. And then this this air of superiority that people who live near a Microsoft have about <laughs> their their Microsoft price. Like, oh, I go to Microsoft and I, I get it for $50. I really, I am not ready to give up that smugness right now. I, I, I have know. To it's, huh? You wear it well, though. I mean, it's thank it's you. Just, I'm. Yeah. I pretend that I I set it aside. Like, oh, it's not such a big deal, but it is. Let's just yeah. let's just face it. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if you had to stop using Apple devices. If you just had to pull out Ooh. some some mid tier Android <sighs> phone. Uh, mm. How how would that? That make does you not feel? make me feel uh, inherently superior to everybody else yeah. around me. So Here, let's. Uh, we can't have. We can't like that. Life. Mm. Mm, hey, no Brett, uh, <laughs> here's a Galaxy S2 that I found in a pile of garbage. Oh, whoa. Just use this ah. one. Hey, it has a, physical, a has a physical home button, though, Ooh. and a back mm. button. I've moved on. Okay. Oh, I've moved on. Okay. I've moved on. My pick this week is a, a low-cost SSD that I've been testing out because Silicon Power sent one over for review, and I thought, you know, this is – how good can this be? It's selling on Amazon – for $62 for a one terabyte Gen 4 NVMe drive. $62. And the regular price is only $75. So I thought it was going to be basically Gen 3 speeds. But you know what? It's a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah. It's well over 4,000 megabytes per second. It's almost 4,800, I think, in sequential transfers of QDEP2 or higher. And the really important thing, I've been doing a lot of testing where it's empty drive versus half full drive, and then uh, how fast does it fall during long uh, file copies. And this thing did not have any performance degradation when it was half full, and it had the same transfer speed during long file transfers. So seems to be a very solid option if you just need a bare bones, you know. Is that an SMI controller? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I have not peeled away hmm. the metallic hmm. uh, sticker yet. YouTube chat says it looks like it may be a Fizon, but uh, you know who knows? The early Fizon, yeah. Josh, 
Josh, you pointed out probably legitimately that it's probably a first gen 4.0 um, design. Yeah, that was that was the first what E18, E16. Mm. I can't remember. 18. One of the Fizons. Mm-hmm. That makes so. sense. Yeah, those are those are those those controllers are cheap because yeah. there's a lot Fizons of Fizons moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fizon E21. Oh, oh no, that's the, the that's the that's new, new generation on uh, lower uh, power. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's Micron no, one seventy seven R. Yeah, Micron one seventy six layer three D TLC. And here's the th- this that's, is why it's so good. Look, it's TLC. It's TLC flash, not yeah. QLC. It's not QLC. Yeah. So even though it's DRAMless, it's not slow. That's like this is why it could be so consistent. That's that's good to know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a diamond. In yeah, the E twenty one is the new budget for them. That's. Yeah, no, that's a good find. That's good. Probably less than 10 cents a gig. Oh, yeah. I knew it was going to be good when I ran the PC Mark uh, full drive disk benchmark, which takes a long time to run. And then I filled up the drive halfway, and then I ran it again, and it was almost the same result. Like, wow. Mm, that's right? that's really rare. good. That's some good programming and the firmware and the controller yeah. uh did you know the uh crucial p3 4 terabyte pcia 3.0 nvme drive 200 dollars. that's oh, five that cents, cents a gig. gig ryan's law i like that ryan's law is, is obsolete yeah that's true yeah. he, he wasn't <laughs> as forward thinking as gordon moore was you know, Ryan Trout, <laughs> Intel. There's obviously a correlation there, but uh, what could it be? That they both work at Intel and have oh, laws named after them. Oh, well, Gordon Moore doesn't anymore. He was a co-founder, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's he dead. So, well, yeah, okay. I mean, he was a longtime fellow. Do you think Ryan will end up being an Intel fellow, or do you think he'll just move on to something else? Uh, he'll probably work for Disney. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. It, right. it seems inevitable. Yeah. That's Inevitably lot. inevitable. All Indubitably. Right, we, we have reached the end of another week's podcast. You know what? This is a shorter one than usual and a shorter stream than usual. It's only 11, 18 p.m. on the East Coast as uh, as I speak these words. Huzzah. And it's almost time to wrap this thing up and go to bed. You asked and you received. Up. That's right. Yes, it's the end already. Gavin, Thomas, and the YouTube chat. It is. Any final words of wisdom for sure. anyone? They say that brevity is the soul of wit, but sadly, the people living this time are so lacking of wit. And I'm not saying intelligence just of good humor. And that's something we need a lot more of, especially in these times. There's a lot of people screaming for blood and throats and scalps, things of that nature. But we as humans need to learn to forgive. And even though we have not gone on for two hours, you need to forgive us for that brevity. And so with that, I wish you a fond farewell. And go forth, play the games you want, 
respect the people you love and don't do any bad things. You know, brevity is the essence of wit, but sadly we're bereft of both. 